The question in my mind is, how do you create or relaunch a highly profitable and successful six to seven figure business? With so much conflicting advice about the best ways to start and grow your business, how do you get it right the first time? I want to help entrepreneurs make a real difference and navigate the messy world of startup or relaunch. My name is John North, and this is the Startup Secrets for Entrepreneur Show. Join me today when we dig deep with our guests and get you the best blueprint so you can fast track your own business. This episode is sponsored by Volpreneur.app, your all-in-one online business system. Make sure you subscribe for future episodes at StartupSecrets.show right now. So let's get into the day's episode. Hi, my name's Jeremy Stratton. I'm, I'm from the Business Legal Lifecycle. Uh, I've been on the Startup Secret Show, and I really think you should have a listen to it because John and I talk about legal aspects of the business and how to become more proactive in our business and how to identify legal risks, as well as going through a bit of my journey and learning about how you can avoid some of the mistakes that I made. So check out the Startup, Startup Secrets show uh, and listen to our interview. Thanks very much. Welcome to the Startup Secret Show. My very special guest today is Jeremy Stratton, who's from Business Lifestyle, uh, Legal Lifestyle, Lifecycle. Get that right. All right. That's a tongue twister. <laughs> so welcome, Jeremy, to the show. Thanks, John, for having me. And, and don't worry, a lot of people uh, do um, call it lifestyle, uh, and so much so that I'm considering getting the domain for that as well. Yeah, well, exactly <laughs> right. So there you go. So it's out of the mouths of babes, right? That's right. <laughs> So let's just dig into your bio a little bit. Um, you're the founder and chief executive officer of Business Life Legal Lifecycle. Got it right that time. Author of Amazon number one best-selling book, Business Legal Lifecycle. Interesting enough, right? Yep. Um, and so you're looking at the at the I guess the as it obviously says the life cycle of a business and how that works through that process of of start to finish. And I guess that's a an interesting one because I think a lot of small businesses probably. Um, kind of forget about the legal stuff, right, as they get bigger. And I think that once they get there, that's when they're going um, to get around to doing it, right? I think so. A lot of people just take the attitude of, oh, I'll just fix it later. And uh, what they don't realize is, is that's going to cost them a lot of money uh, in the in the future. And so the way the distinction I like to make, John, is that we're trying, we're helping business owners be proactive with their law rather than reactive. There's nothing worse in law. And I, I developed this whole product because I'm a lawyer by background mm-hmm. when a couple of clients came to me and they could have solved problems very, very easily if they just kind of got legal advice mm. and they didn't do that and it cost them a lot of money. So I was, I was tearing my hair out and I was thinking there has to be a better way to do, to do this. How do we be more proactive and actually help people? And so... I developed the life cycle. Obviously, that's a much condensed version of what happened. But um, <laughs> yeah, but it was born out of that frustration with you can be proactive. And it's one of those things, it's a bit like you know, some insurances and, and, and things like that, mm-hmm. where you don't know what the risk is. So you never actually see the, the savings that you make. Mm-hmm. But it's it, it, that's one of the, the parts that is frustrating. Well, it's frustrating for me as a lawyer. And that's what I'm trying to solve is how, how do we make people be proactive? So they, they, they solve those legal risks before they actually happen. And then that, that saves the money that they don't even know that they're saving. Because the interesting thing with lawyers, and I've, I've a lot over the years done with it, and technically it's, lawyers are a little bit like um, uh, psychologists, right? You go to the lawyer and you say to him, so this mess I've just got myself into, 
right? Um, why, how do you think, you know, where, where do I stand legally? And the lawyer think, what do you think? <laughs> right? Yes. And I think that's the same thing, isn't it? Because at the end of the day, you end up in a situation that you, you got yourself in a bad situation. Um, as you say, if you got it right in the first place, you would have been okay. Um, but now you've got to try and figure out your way out of it. Mm. Um, and so I think that's the... That's the piece. And it was interesting looking at your website where you've got that sort of life cycle thing where basically it's sort of an up and down trend. Yes. Um, so as a startup, like someone who's just getting going, what's the core mm. things that they need to be worried about as opposed to someone who's been in the game for a while? Yeah, uh, great question, John. I think the, the, the main thing that I think most people miss when they're getting legal advice isn't actually legal advice. Uh, and, and it's actually working out what are you trying to do? Where, where are you heading? Uh, I'm, I'm a big fan of Stephen Covey's Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. And uh, I think it's habit two. He talks about starting with the end in mind. Yes. And what I find is that most business owners don't want to think about that. They don't want to think about what's going to happen in the future. So I say start up with an end in mind. So have some idea about where you're going right now, knowing that that will change. Yeah, sure. I started my own law firm a little over a decade ago um, at the time of recording this. And if you had told me I'd be doing podcasts and writing books and all the rest of that, I would have laughed at you. Exactly. So, you, so your goals change. But mm. really the, the, the fundamental thing that most people get wrong is not having some idea about where they want to go, knowing it might change. Because, John, that then leads into all of the other things that they need to do. What's the right structure for them to start up their business in? It's really dependent upon, you know, are they building something to sell in a couple of years or are they building something, you know, as a long-term business that they want to run for the next 10, 20, 30, 100 years? There's yeah. different advice that has to come into that. The mm -hmm. same with with client contracts and, and employment contracts. Everything's Everything comes back to what are you trying to achieve? And it's something that so many business owners miss <laughs> um, yeah. and, and so many lawyers, quite frankly, there's not, there's probably, there's not that many lawyers that I've dealt with over the years that actually ask that question, but mm -hmm. it really is that fundamental thing. So, so that's the, probably the main thing that people miss. And then that leads on to the other things like setting up um, as a sole trader is a, is a mistake that a lot of people make, mm -hmm. yeah. not really realizing that they're personally liable for. Uh, Cause their accountants single... tend to talk them out of it. Like I've had a lot of, so oh, if you're not making 50 grand a year, don't do a company. I was like, you're absolutely batshit crazy. If you yep. think you're going to be able to protect yourself from the oncoming onslaught if you're a sole trader. <laughs> exactly. And, and, and the accounts aren't wrong from a, an accounting point no, of view. No, no. There's not much point yeah. of doing it from that perspective. From a legal perspective, you need to know these, you need to know what the, the, the legal risk is. Mm. And and so the accountant has very well-intentioned advice. Uh, yeah. and, I, and I deal with a lot of accounts. They just don't realize what the risk is. It's going to cost you money because it's going to cost you yeah. money to register that company, maintain that company, do all the legal fees and all, you know, all the stuff around it. So they're trying to yeah. save the client money. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Understandable. It's, it's completely understandable. It just misses that legal risk point of view. So, mm -hmm. so they're, I mean, they're some of the, the classic ones that I see all the time with people getting wrong. And then they come to us three, four years down the track and it ends up costing them so much more mm -hmm. to try and fix that problem uh, that we could have solved a lot earlier. So I guess I've, and from, I've been in business 30 years, so I think I've been through almost every scenario. But I think that the things that I've always sort of thought about was make sure that you've got legal contracts around employment legal mm -hmm. contracts around customer engagement, yes. potential legal contracts around suppliers. If you get those three things right, you've covered probably 80% of what's going to happen to you, haven't you really? Yeah, that's right. I mean, the, the, the reason a lot of people don't do that is because they're, they're like, oh, it'll be right, I'll, I'll just sort it out later. Or they or they hear that, that awful phrase, it's not worth the paper it's written on, um, which is just not true if it's done correctly. Yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, having those agreements done properly and actually drafted properly and actually investing the right, you know, with the right lawyer to do the right the right form of agreement. I was just talking to a client yesterday who went with a different lawyer 
because they were charging less than what my law firm was charging. I don't do the legal work, but um, the team does. Mm-hmm. And um, and and he was not happy. He, he might have saved a, a couple of grand, mm-hmm. but he was not happy with the, with the end product because yeah. he he had gone on the cheap options. So you got to do it right, and and investing the money up front does help you get that right. Um, and and because you, you don't know how that relationship might change. You know, especially employees. Yes. All, all, sun, um, you know, roses and sunshine at the beginning, and then things things change. People's attitude changes. People's uh, goals change. People's life expectations change. So you want to have that agreement that sets out what everyone understands to be the fundamental avenues and, and expectations. And I like John to think about them often as disagreements. Mm-hmm. So they're the things that will deal with any disagreements between the parties and what's yeah. actually going to which don't escalate into something nasty. Yeah, which only ends up making lawyers rich. Well, they reckon yeah, you don't make money if you go to court, right? You got yeah. a pretty solid reason to go there, and I think that's to avoid that whole scenario. And I think, I think a lot of people get chased off when there's a legal uh, that someone's got a better document than the other person. So I think it all comes down to paper, in my opinion. Like if you you come back and say, well, here's the legal agreement you signed. Here's the clause that you're talking about that you've got a problem with. Most people back away at that point because they know that you got more paper than they have, and then they're just not going to do it, right? They just back off. Yeah. That's right, and then the, the and the cost of fighting comes into that as well, and it's just not yeah. you, you got, you've got to take a commercial risk. So setting yourself up early to, and mm-hmm. doing it correctly is yeah. what we're trying to help people to to see and become more proactive and and basically solve those problems before they arise. Yeah, it makes sense. So let's switch gears slightly, because mm-hmm. um, I had checked out your website obviously before we did the interview, and I thought, okay, this guy has been around the ring. He, he's something's happening. He knows. Some guy or himself knows about what how, how the world works in terms of online marketing, um, and it was quite interesting because you've got the well, I guess all the food groups on your website, which is businesslegallifecycle.com. So as a as a case study, <laughs> you just go there for a case study. So I'll drive traffic for you just for case study purposes. Um, <laughs> but um, like you, you run courses, you've got a quiz, you've got a book, you've got a podcast. So what's happening there? in the mindset of the person of visiting is that, mm. hey, you've got, you're giving me something essentially for free mm. um, or at least close to it that helps understand that you understand some of their problems. And I think that's a, a very um, a very well done scenario because most people don't do that. Like So, mm. so yeah. the mindset from there is you even when you're doing the legal side, you're saying, okay, you, you need to understand what you want at the outset, but you're doing the same thing on the website. So it mm. indicates you probably do that, eat your own dog food in the business. <laughs> right? That's, that's right, John. And, and so, so we have lots of free resources, the podcast. Mm. We don't actually um, do any new episodes right now yeah. um, at the beginning of 2022, uh, but there's heaps of content going back through all of the, all, all, everything people need to do. Mm. Uh, and and like, it, it's all there if people want to um, learn about it. And yeah. then we have a quiz, which has a small fee, just under a hundred dollars for mm-hmm. people to take uh, to take to identify what their legal risks are, and then if they want to learn more, then we have a course that they can do to, to learn more about uh, their business and actually apply some of the stuff for them. And also, the other great thing about the course, John, is it, is it helps people to uh, feel empowered when they go to the lawyer. Is, is the feedback that we get? It's yep. it's the you know, people go, don't go to lawyers because they're expensive. You know, they charge on six minute units or whatever, um, and they and they that they use big Talk words. Faster. <laughs> That's right. they, 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 they use terminology that people go oh what does that mean you know and and so basically what we're trying to do is is explain everything in plain english so yes. that people can understand what they need to do and 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 yes it definitely uh we've seen in that business it's my third business and and i've seen in that business the life cycle play out in in, in very easy to see that um when you 
when you map it out on, on the journey that we've had. Yeah, so I think so. We kind of did what we call a Tarantino there because we went and looked at the final result, and now we're going to sort of take you back to the tack to how you got there. I love um, that. <laughs> so what was the kind of the pitfalls you found? Like I think you said, like third business. Summit. What are the disasters that happened to you along the way that you realised that you know things that you shouldn't shouldn't have done or or whatever? I think um, I don't know about the disasters. I think they're all good learning learning experiences. So the first business I, I started and I still have is my law firm. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the, the biggest issue with that business is that law is very personal. It's very you know you come to a lawyer, you build a relationship. So for me, there was no scalability because everyone wants me to do their work. Yep. And so for, for me, I'm I've have been looking and starting other businesses with the idea of scale. So how can I scale and have to work less? I still do a little bit of legal work. I don't do a lot. Uh, I, I, I basically do the overflow of stuff that my business partner can't do or all the other lawyers uh, just to, to keep people happy and, and keep and, and keep my my um, hand in the in the um in the game mark as it were <laughs> and so so that's that's one lesson with the with this life cycle business one of the lessons i learned was the website that you're looking at now is version 2.0 yeah. and uh, we're actually about to um release 3.0 as well uh doing a, a, a rebrand of that and the, the quiz was our feature product. We actually won the Queensland Law Society Innovation Law Award a few years ago for that product. Yeah. Uh, and for our small little law firm of about, of about 10 people beating the 200, 300 people law firms, it was, um, it was quite the validation. You had to do it for that one, I bet you. <laughs> <laughs> we, 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 we didn't Skype too much, but yeah, we still mention it today. Yeah, um, yeah. I noticed. Uh, <laughs> they should really have that on the front there that you won an award for this thing, right? Yeah, yeah the new website will have that. Um, and and but, but the test, and when we won the award for it, I, I did that as version 1.0. Yeah. And I got that built by someone else. And we're talking about this offline at the beginning. Mm. I, I got that built by someone and then I was just going to manage it myself yep. because I have just enough technical knowledge to be dangerous and to yes, stuff yes yes that's the one yeah the ones that help we usually charge more for the ones that help <laughs> <laughs> right. so so i i i learned my lesson and i actually uh re-partnered with a gentleman in the u.s who built apps and actually uh you know his payment is a, as a percentage of the business so we actually got skin uh, we actually own a percentage each of the of the business and that's his payment for the work that he's done and the lesson i learned there was that i can't do it all myself mm. I, I knew that i was <laughs> gonna say but you knew that deep down i knew that i still didn't listen to myself yeah. uh, but what i did was I, I i then knew that okay the next time i, I built that and built 2.0 once i've proven the model then i could uh partner with someone to actually build it and, and you know, he, he and I meet every week. We're business partners. We we go through everything together, and and it's great to to have it. So mm-hmm. I, I look at lessons. I look at, at problems as lessons. And mm-hmm. you know, what's the learning that I take from it? Yes, it's annoying at the time. Mm-hmm. Yes, it not, and it, it gets on your you know goat, and you start getting annoyed at things. Uh, but you learn the lesson, and then you move on and make sure you don't do it again. Control your destiny and create a complete business system for your online business. Evolvepreneur.app offers an easy and cost-effective way to build your online business by helping you avoid the pain and stress of implementing multiple systems, giving you the freedom to automate and scale. Support our sponsor by grabbing a free copy of Startup Secrets for Entrepreneurs at Evolvepreneur.app. Yeah, it's quite interesting. I mean, in the early days, I used to go to all these marketing things. Like I was, you know, as a marketer, I was trying to learn stuff. So I go to all these marketing presentations, and and some weren't very good. <laughs> they were, in fact, bad. And mm. but I always went in there and said, I'm going to get one thing out of this. No matter what happens, I'm going to figure something out. I'm going to get one thing out of this, even if it's really bad. Yep. 
And and when you go into that attitude, then you think, well, okay, you're not going to sit there and go, what a waste of an hour that was or mm. whatever. No, no, I learned something. I learned maybe not how not to do it, but at least I learned something out of it rather than just walking away from something. I've got nothing out of that. And I think I think you get something out of everything. It's just a case of, you know, being mindset about it. So, okay, so you got you tested it out, you got clear on what you wanted to do, yep. and then you, you quite smartly realized that, hey, I, I need someone else who does what they're doing to do this. Yeah. Um, and obviously, because when it, so I think one of the things that people forget in this process is when it breaks, that's the time crunch because that's going to cost you time and money to try and mm-hmm. fix something that's now broken and you don't know yeah. why it's broken. Mm. Yeah, it, you, you don't. And, and, and the thing is, it, it can break for no reason other than there's a software update uh, yes. on, on yeah, C- Google Chrome might update and that and then it may not function properly with the with the app that and you know everyone exactly. uses Google Chrome. So, so that was the lesson I learned. And so it, it constantly requires updates, it constantly requires refinement. And so ha- having someone who's got skin in the game uh, and is also really good at what they do made, made complete sense to me rather than trying to pay them in a startup business. <laughs> yeah. And I think that the funny thing in Australia I've noticed and it's different in the US is that in, a, in the US they treat websites as assets so they almost mm. treat them as a property and they talk about them being properties and mm. i was i was i went to a marketing conference a few years ago in this digital market and they just started talking about properties and i thought did i accidentally walk into the real estate room um and i realized that, that basically because they their mindset is that this website is a piece of piece of land mm. that's of value and that you should maximize it by putting as many high rises on it or whatever you want to do but the reality is that I think most people's mindset is their website's just their website mm. and it's not an asset, it's a liability because they've got to pay for hosting, they've got to pay for domain renewals, they've got to you know, pay for this guy to design a website. And I think the mindset there is the wrong way around because mm. if you had a Brooks and Mortar building, you know, you'd make sure you looked after it. Whereas exactly. your website, you yeah. don't. And mm. so you go there and the website's three years old and no one's touched it, you know, it's like, you know, <laughs> you know things rolling past, you know. <laughs> That's right. And so I think that's an important thing is that, you, you know, you've got to recognize the, the value of it um, mm-hmm. or don't have it, right? Because at the end of the day, um, you know, if, you, if you're, not, you're not going to put anything into it, don't have it. And the other yeah. thing that kind of drives me insane with websites is not so much the websites, the social media. So what they do is the website guy, I'll have to check whether yours is the same, but, <laughs> but most people, what they do is they put up their Twitter because the Facebook, the Website guy says, "Hey, let's watch your social media links, right? So we put some pretty yeah. pictures on your website, and so you got five likes on Facebook, three mm. followers on LinkedIn, um, and five people on Twitter, and your YouTube channel hasn't even been finished yet. And so you put all those up, and then someone clicks on those things, and they go, the estimation of use now dropped dramatically. Then mm-hmm. now, the, oh well, this guy's obviously not very well known. There's no, you know, like particularly millennials who check you out more than probably other people." Yep. And I think that's the thing is if my opinion is if you don't have a decent following on, on a particular social media platform, don't stick it on your website. Yeah, it's, a, it's, a, it's a good policy. And I think the, the whole asset thing is, I think, I think from the way that I see the relationship with the US is yeah, when websites started, they were like placeholders originally. Mm-hmm. Like they were, yeah. it was well, like- Brochures at best. A, bro- a brochure, yeah. And I, th- and I feel that that's where it started in the US and we're always a few years behind the yeah. US. And I think in that regard, I think you're right that in Australia, we seem to be a long way behind them on that. Like we never actually evolved to that thinking of it as an asset. And yeah, yeah it's, it's something that you really need to look at, yeah, maintaining and keeping going. Because I mean, a lot of people buy domain names, um, and I think it, well, I should probably start a domain name anonymous organisation because I think people buy these domain names 
Never implement them. Mm. <laughs> well, that's a great domain name. I'll own that. Hang yeah. on to it for a couple of years and then go, let it go when it's actually worth something yeah. um, and never actually use it. And, and so I think it's like you should say, look, you know, I knew one guy who owned a thousand domains on blinds, um, yeah, really. right? And I think that's a big domain bill. Um, he's trying to corner the market on blinds. I think maybe just get better at SEO. But <laughs> at the end of the day, like it's, it can be dangerous. And I think that's the other thing too, is being real clear about what you're in, what you wanted to do and where you wanted to go. So in your scenario on your website, coming back to that, is there's only really two action buttons on there, take a quiz or subscribe. Mm. So at least you're just giving them two options to do yep. something as opposed to giving them 30 different ways to do things. Mm. Um, and I think that's that's the key to it too. I think I see that a lot too where people, and I think as you evolve over time with your website, people realize that and as you look back at their previous versions, there's a little tip I don't know a lot of people know about, this thing called Wayback Machine. Mm, I've heard about this. Yeah. And so typically most of the websites are indexed. So you can go back way back and, and go back in time and look at your website, um, say it looked like 10 years ago. Um, and it's kind of a bit daunting sometimes when you look at it and think, whoa, like I look at my websites that I did like 30 years ago. I mean, they were basic. Like, mm. But that back then you couldn't do much. It wasn't really, you know. Um, but you look now and think, wow, I couldn't get away with that now. Some people sure. still try. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> but I think that's the thing. So in terms of the um, traffic to your website, mm. what's the methodology behind there? Have you got a, a plan to kind of send that traffic? Because obviously it's great to have a pretty website mm. and great to have a great strategy, but if no one drops by, then you're basically just wasting your time and money, right? Absolutely. And that version of the website you're looking at was built uh, really as a placeholder because we spent the last two years really focusing on trying to get lawyers to subscribe to our to our product to do, do that for their clients. Uh -huh. That that has been a very tough uh, market to, to penetrate, uh, mainly because like that they would sign up to, to talk and but then they get busy doing the work because lawyers are great technicians. They're not great business owners. So so that that website very much focused on that. The new one that we're that we're going to release uh, shortly it may even be out by the time the show this um, show comes out uh, is. Um, really SEO focused and very, we're using the Marcus Sheridan, they ask you answer methodology. I don't know whether you've read that book, uh, but he talks about you know, basically just answering all the questions that people have. Yes. And so very heavily focused on SEO mm -hmm. our, our web page. And our goal is to provide, we already provide a lot of information, but we're, we're ramping that up to, mm -hmm. you know, hopefully a couple of thousand web pages uh, of, of wow. answering questions that people have mm -hmm. uh, to then, have them come to the website, provide them with lots of value and then show them what we do and and, and bring it on from there. And it's really that, you know, what I learned and, and I hadn't put it in the asset terms that you talked about before, but that's what Marcus Sheridan talks about in the book. He's, he's talking about building an asset. Mm. He um, he started a, a, a um, business or had a business, a, a pool business, river pools and spas. And he basically built that business on the back of SEO by answering everyone's questions. Mm. And right, every time someone asked him a question, he wrote an article on that. And so where we know that people find this useful. Like I do podcasts, I've done lots of talks and people and people buy it and, and, and see the value and, and get lots of value out of what we're doing. Now we're just working out how do we make sure that we get that at real scale. And so that's the, the SEO um, play as it were that we're, that we're putting together on the website. So, that, so probably, probably by the time this comes out, that will be live. Okay, so it's more of an organic play. So it's interesting yeah. that the, um, that concept, I think I've, it reminds me of something I saw about probably about three or four years ago, even five years ago, was um, the concept of working out what the 10 most commonly asked questions are in your business and then drilling into those questions and answering them. Yep. 
and and it's interesting when I when we do publishing and stuff with Simprins, you know, when you, somebody comes to you and wants to do a book publishing, and then they go off and do it themselves or whatever, and they come back and go, yeah, now I can understand what you meant, right? About you know where you can get ripped off or where you know you can end up in a situation where you, you know you didn't do it properly, and now you're paying the penalty of that. Um, and so I think the end of the day is working out what those top ten questions are. It's almost what happens when you talk to someone. Yes. And you can almost know what they're going to ask you next because those are the questions everybody asks. Okay, some people ask some curly ones. Yep. But 80, 20, 80, 90% of the time, they ask the same things every time. Mm. Um, so I think answering those questions up front means that you know what you're talking about. And that's a no like and trust scenario then because I think, oh, well, yep, he knows what he's talking about. He knows, mm. feels my pain. Maybe he can help me. So I think that psychology behind that is, and also, you, I think what people forget, particularly with like author sites we talk about, mm. is that when someone lends on a legal site or on, say, say an author site, there's probably seven or eight different types of people going to that site. Mm. And so what a lot of people think about is the one person that's going to the site. Yep. But in, say from an author's perspective, because I don't really know from a legal perspective, but from a law's perspective, there's probably like a person wants to buy a book, someone wants to interview for a podcast show, someone wants to start yep. a book club. There's all sorts of different types of people landing. Mm. Yet people don't think about that, and so they give them 10, 10 million different options, or they just don't think about their traffic and their and what's what people are doing, and why they're there. Yeah, yeah. The other, I think you're absolutely right. And the other, the other uh, thing that I'm doing a lot of is uh, podcasts. I love podcasts. I listen to a lot of them, and mm. um, yeah, you get to talk to people, and you get to talk directly to the to the um, business owner as well. So that's the other that's the other method that we're using to to get our message out there. Yeah, and I think that's yeah smart because I think at the end of the day, one of the interesting things about podcasts is the vast majority of podcast listeners are on Apple iPhones mm-hmm. um, because Android doesn't really push it much, and people tend to buy an Android phone for a phone, mm. um, and so you don't get a lot of Android necessarily apps, and 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 app, Google's never really pushed podcasting, but Apple does, mm. and the Apple user that you're talking to has a higher income technically because they can usually afford an Apple phone, <laughs> right? Yep. So, and they're also prepared to spend 20, 30 minutes listening to a conversation. Mm. So that's incredibly valuable. And I think there's very little else around. There's a, there's a product called Clubhouse mm-hmm. that originally came out um, yep. that I think everybody addicted to. I, I, I tend to avoid it now because what happens is I know if I start listening, I won't be able to get away from it. It's almost like an addiction. <laughs> and so don't start it in the first place. <laughs> so know thyself, I guess. Very good. But um, yeah, so I think that's, yeah, understanding, you know, uh, and help and, and giving giving first, I think, giving the information first. You know, people think, oh, well, if I tell them, they'll do it themselves. Mm. Um, well, good luck to them if they do. But reality is most people are smart enough to know that they don't know enough to be able to do it. I think so. I, I agree. Yeah. Cool. Um, so in your business, I guess in life, one of the questions you always ask sometimes is what would you tell your younger self? What one piece of advice would you give your younger self? Um, either getting into lawyers or getting into websites and stuff. What would you have told someone that would have saved you a lot of money? You reckon? Um, I think be, be kind to yourself, Mm. be kind to yourself. I think, uh, you know, most entrepreneurs, most business owners, they're pretty ambitious people. Yeah. And I, I know I am, and I know that uh, I beat myself up when things don't work out the way that I want them to. Yes. And, uh, and and one of the lessons I've learned, I would say recently actually, is just be kind to yourself. And yeah, uh, you know, through our business coaching outfit that I work with, we did a um, an emotional intelligence survey, and I rated myself way worse than everyone around me did. <laughs> and so it was like one of the one of the lessons I took from that was just be kind, and just yeah. and, and be kind to yourself. 
because that's for other people to do to you, right? <laughs> but, you know, but I always to say, like, what you say to yourself when you're on your own is the most yep. dangerous things you can say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and, it, and I think yeah. that's the and, and you're right. Like I've been through this. I'm in exact same life cycle. So probably probably last probably come to about conclusion about five years ago. I reckon out of 25 mm-hmm. years, or 30 years in business, and it was yeah, be kind to yourself because other people can can do that to you. You don't need you to do it to yourself. That's right. Um, and it does you no good. Um, either physically, mentally, or even medically, mm-hmm. um, you know, it doesn't you know good anyway. So there's, there's no purpose in it. And interesting enough, like it, I love people say to me, "Oh, you know, you beat yourself up because you're not doing enough, right?" Yeah. And that's the primary thing most entrepreneurs, I think, do. They say, "Look, I'm not doing enough work. I'm not doing enough blog posts. I'm not doing enough of this. I'm not doing enough of this." And the reality is, someone will look at you and go, "Just you do a lot. Yeah. I think it's a lot, right? You just you do a lot." And you think. Oh right, hang on. <laughs> so reality and is not necessarily what you're telling yourself anyway. So it, it is, and it's good to be motivated. It's just just know that you, what you're doing is is what you is is the right thing that you should be doing at that time, and don't beat yourself up over it. I think is yeah, the, yeah, the message, yeah. The message I, I I would give to my younger self if yeah. I had that opportunity. Yeah. <laughs> I got one that said, "Don't sign that piece of paper." <laughs> I signed. I signed an agreement with a with a partner. I took a partner on. I thought, someone, like I thought you were going to say someone said, "Don't say yes." Yeah, um. don't say yes. Well, you know, I think I think it's a funny thing. As you get in business longer, you tend to say no more. Mm, I've noticed yeah. is that more more important you become, the mm. more you say no. Yep. And I think learning to say no is a is a skill. Yeah. How you say no. And learning to say no more than yes, I think in, in business is the best way because what you end up doing is doing stuff you never intended to do. Mm-hmm. And I did this the other day. I did it for someone wanted to do a promotion. I didn't want to do it, but I gave in and did it anyway. And it just was a major distraction for a couple of days. And in the end, nothing eventuated from it anyway. And it's like, why did I do that? How did, and the only reason was she was very good at convincing me. <laughs> to do that, right? So yeah. I got sucked in, right? Because <laughs> at the end of the day, it's like, you know, she kind of like, oh, can you help me kind of thing? And so, yeah, okay. And away you go. So I think learning to say no is probably the most important thing in, yeah. in business now because you can waste a lot of time on stuff you should have never worked on in the first place. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. Be, be uh, really uh, deliberate with your time. Mm. Yeah. And I think then you get more done. You know, you'll get... Yeah. And, you, and, you, and I think one of the interesting things is, is that Coming back probably to the start here, we talked about get real clear about what you uh, want in the future. Mm. Like for me, as you say, things change. So I, I moved from being an entrepreneur to being a parent and then my son's now in the business. Yep. Now I start thinking about a legacy business mm-hmm. as opposed to probably, I don't know, 20 years ago, I might have been thinking about how could I sell this thing, mm-hmm. right? Now I don't want to sell this thing. And I probably, you know, ultimately realized that was going to be the case because it's very difficult to sell businesses, particularly online businesses now anyway. But yep. at the end of the day, it's like, how do I do it? So if you're creating a legacy business, that changes your mindset dramatically because mm-hmm. what you're thinking about is different things, yep. putting different things in place. And then, and if you haven't thought about it in that life cycle, I guess, and what you're talking about, then you you will miss things out. That, that's exactly right. And that's why, but yeah, m- most people think I'm going to say, yeah, something about IP or contracts or anything, but really that that knowing where you where you want to head is is by far and away the most important thing, and the thing that people miss the most. Mm-hmm. Even with marketing, when we deal with clients and do, you know doing websites and stuff, we say, "What do you want to achieve?" and they actually don't know <laughs> because they say, "Aren't you supposed to tell me that?" I said, "Well, that's a bit hard because if you don't, I can tell you what to do, but it doesn't mean you're going to do it." <laughs> Cool. All right. So we're running out of time. I want to ask um, 
how do people get in touch with you? And I think you've got a special office for our, our listeners as well. So um, yep. get you to do the shameless promotion time. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, first of all, uh, people want to follow me. I'm most active on LinkedIn uh, personally. So if they search for my name, I'm the only one um, on there that has the spelling of my last name that way. So that, work. They'll, find, they'll find me there. Yeah, I'm quite lucky there. Uh, and uh, we've, we've created a webpage uh, as a thank you for being on the on the show, uh, businesslegallifecycle.com slash startup secrets, just as one word. Yep. And uh, on that page has a, a, a access to some of our resources. It also has, as a thank you for, for having us on or having me on, uh, a 50% discount on our uh, risk assessment that people can do. So it's normally $97, so 50% mm-hmm. off that. Nice. Uh, so that the listeners can get in there and find out what their legal risks are. If they have a lawyer that we can send that to them, they, there's a referral business um, part in there too, where if they don't, uh, they can ask and we can refer them to an appropriate law firm in their area if they right. want that. So, nice. uh, so, th- so that's there as a thank you for having me on. I've really enjoyed the, the chat. Yeah, and I think that's probably 50 bucks well spent, right? At the end of the day, if you learn something that you didn't realize, then that's, you could be saving yourself thousands of dollars down the track. <laughs> yeah, I, I think to, to get that advice, uh, we've, we see lawyers charge upwards of $1,000 to give the advice mm. that you get in. It, it takes about t- um, 10 to 15 minutes to answer 30 questions. Yep. And, and it spits out the report that, that tells you really what are your legal risks, mm-hmm. uh, what you need to do to fix those legal risks, all explained in plain English, and uh, what you need to do for the future with checklists and all the rest for people. Oh, nice. I might have a stab at it later. Sounds good. <laughs> Thanks so much, Jerry, for coming on the show, and I really appreciate it. And maybe we'll, we'll, when you do your new website stuff, we'll come back on the show and we'll talk about what's happened next. Sounds good. Thanks so much, John. Cool. Thank you. All right. So what I'm going to do here, I'm just going to mark that so we know where we're at. I think that went pretty well. <laughs> I've done it before. All right, um, so what I'm going to get you to do, I'm going to get you to do the little little promo thing. Yep. Um, what I've got to make sure, though, is that you're on the screen when you do it, that I'm not the bobbing head that you're <laughs> talking about. So yeah. what I'm going to do is I'm going to mute myself, and then you start talking and give you a thumbs up, it's okay to go. Yeah, um, so really, it's just, yeah. yeah, so basically to say, you know, say, hi, Jeremy, it's Jeremy from Business Life, Legal Lifecycle. I was on the Startup Secrets show, um, we talked about this and that. You should have a listen to it, something like that. Um, so fairly short. If you screw it up, just stop and start and do it again. Um, yep. Some people stuff it up and want to do a rerun, whatever. But so basically, what I, if you're happy with that, what I'll do is I'll put the mute on and I'll give you a heads up when you start talking, so you're on the screen and then yep. go for it. Okay, sounds good. So um, I'll start talking. Okay, good. That's a wrap on another awesome episode for the Startup Secret Show for Nepenors. Just before you go, if you like this episode, we'd be very grateful for a five-star review. Please also consider recommending the show to a friend or two. Make sure you subscribe for future episodes at StartupSecrets.show right now. Until next time, if you're an editor or make a start on your next great business idea today.